Welcome to Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Welcome to Optimize My Life. It's a little loud at the moment because I've just been running behind on all everything that I'm doing today. I am your host, Mary, and I would love to introduce a special guest today. Welcome. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. All right. And here at Optimize My Life, we focus on improvements while we tackle the problems that are struggling with society at the moment. So That sounds perfect. <laughs> so let's start with you know, who you are, what got you started in the journey that you're in. Yeah, sure. Uh, my name's Sarah, and I am the founder of Pantry Independence. Uh, this kind of all started back in 2008. I don't know who in the United States remembers 2008, but it was a little bit of a crazy, scary time, kind of like now, actually. And... Um, we we were having a housing crisis, but a lot of people don't know that at the same time, there was also a wheat shortage. And um, so when you would go to the store, you couldn't get flour, um, or you could only get one. Um, there, was, there was a lot of rationing, and um, my church has always... <laughs> So um, it really opened my eyes to kind of how fragile we were as a society, and that got me started on learning about um, being prepared with food storage and other necessities in the home. And um, when my husband then lost his job later because of the housing crisis, um, it was a huge blessing because I knew how long we could go. I knew that we could eat no matter what. And um, I've always tried to teach my friends, and since COVID, uh, happened, I thought that the time was right to to try to bring this to the world and share this with people who've never heard of it. 
you know, this is the exact same thing I grew up with with my grandma because she grew up through the Depression. And where food was short, and, you know, with her, you could have basic staples and she could make a million different meals. We, we know, even exactly. when money was tight, we never went hungry. And we forget to go that way because, you know, during COVID was a great example because ramen soup and mac and cheese were high commodities. Couldn't find any yeah. of that stuff. Well, and the funny thing is, is sometimes we feel like we have uh, grown beyond these necessities, right? Oh, we have trucks and we have refrigerators and we have uh, grocery stores and we can get anything we want anytime. We've got DoorDash, right? Why would I need to keep food in my house? And I see this all the time with like the minimalism trade uh, trend. You know, oh, you don't need more than a week's worth of food in your home, and they don't realize that <laughs> the 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 precarious situation that they're putting themselves in um, just for having, uh, you know, their lives a little more streamlined or a little extra space. And they forget that these systems, these systems that we've built up that are awesome, right? I have used DoorDash. It is so great, but, but it's not a, a fail safe. It's not foolproof, you know? And so, um, and a lot of people in this country still do this, especially if you're more rural. If you're more rural, you know that you can't always get to the store. You know that sometimes the trucks aren't going to be able to come in because of snow or, you know, extreme wind or, or whatever. And so there's still places that do this. But it's a lot of places where this has been lost. And that's kind of where I wanted to, to focus is be like, look, these things that we think are old, they don't. They don't have to be old. We can still do them. We can do them in a way that works for our modern lives. <laughs> no, and that's true, especially with the uh, modern disasters. We have so many going on on a regular basis between hurricanes and tornadoes. Power outages. You know, look at Texas last winter. How many outages we had. And if you don't have electricity, your stores don't operate. People can't add anymore by hand. Our systems are not designed for manual figuring out how much you need to pay for. Exactly, exactly. Well, and a lot of people don't realize that our food, like just because we can get anything we want at the supermarket anytime, doesn't mean that that's, that that's the way food works, you know. Food comes in, in crops and in cycles. And so um, in the past, people were able, uh, actually more resilient, uh, better able to weather those uh, storms because they had these things prepared and they knew they knew that they needed to be prepared for a longer period of time whereas nowadays we're like oh i just need a couple of days and i think that our these recent past experiences have shown us that that's that's not the case that we really do still need to go back to these these ways so where would you start with this how do you you know start figuring out how to do this i know so for me, for instance, I went from the military to where I go to a cafeteria to eat every day to going to a house in the middle of nowhere and having to learn how to do all that. Yeah, it was so some of it depends on, on your situation. I'll bet. I'll bet. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who know how to cook don't realize, like, the huge mental shift. It's not just about knowing how to cook. There's a whole lot of skills that go along with it. And I had to learn that same thing. Um, I never cooked. And and then all of a sudden I had to. And, and I would look up easy recipes, and they'd be like, just stop by. Start by chopping corn, or not corn, like carrots and celery and 
and onion and make a roux. And I'm like, that's, that's not easy. That was not the first step that I needed, you know? And so, yeah, the, it, a lot of the, your first step is going to kind of depend on your situation and, and where you're at, you know? And so if you, if you have, um, if you have a meal plan already, uh, if you already cook, if you already have a schedule of we're going to eat tacos on Tuesdays, then um, it's actually really easy to get started because what you do is you look at your list and you figure out what can be uh, more shelf-stable. How can you – which ingredients can you get in advance? Which ingredients will last a while? Like, you know, chips don't last a while, but uh, canned tomatoes might, Right. And um, if you normally use fresh tomatoes, and that's what we prefer, but canned tomatoes are doing a pinch, you know, then figure out what kind of things you can substitute. And if normally you have fresh ground beef, but you could also make chicken tacos, then you can get canned chicken. And so it's going through the things that you already eat and, and figuring out what you can do that would be shelf-stable, and then just getting a bunch. And, and by a bunch, you can, you can decide what your goals are, right? Like, do I want to be able to not go to the store for three months? And, and some people might say, oh, my gosh, that's such a long time. But when you think about it, like, you know, the beginning of COVID lasted a few months um, until we were started to get things figured out of what was going on. Job losses often last a few months. You know, and then even with um, power outages and disasters, you're looking at minimum of a few weeks before you get your power back. And so um, some of it's just deciding, like, what your goals are and what's important to you. Um, are you planning? You know, like, you don't have to plan for zombie apocalypse, but you can plan for some basic things like job loss is actually a really good place to start. Um, and then and then. Like I said, it depends on your skill level. So if you've never cooked before, then maybe figuring out, okay, what, what do I like to eat and which of these things could I maybe attempt, which of these things would use um, ingredients that I can store. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Now, I didn't realize this, but our canned stuff actually has expiration dates on them. <laughs> it does. Sorry. But, you know, those expiration dates are – so if you, if you research, like, some of the history and regulations around expiration dates, some of those expiration dates are just for uh, – best like like freshness purposes and it's not bad after the expiration date some of the expiration dates are for like really legal purposes where you know the state of new jersey said everything has to have an expiration date and now and now your dead sea salt you're not dead sea, but you're like your your sea salt that's millions of years old now has an expiration date and that's ridiculous that's just you know regulation and so some of it's figuring out, um, and, and a lot of this can be had online. A lot of forums will talk about these things. Is, is yeah, your, your candidates will have expiration dates, and, and they should be uh, rotated. Um, but some of those expiration dates are guidelines, suggestions. You know, they're, they're, not, they're not law. They're not set in stone. Right, and that was the one thing um, I learned. But, you know, the one a lot of people make the mistake where they'll just buying a bunch of stuff and they're not figuring out, okay, I'm going to buy this stuff because I can make stuff with this, this, and this. I'm going to buy this stuff. You know, I'm not just going to buy a bunch of stuff, 
shelf stable food because, you know, we need to prepare for the zombie apocalypse for, you know, mm-hmm. World War Three that's going to happen, you know. So half of the stuff that's in your cupboard you never, ever use. Yeah, you know, we that need happens stuff. a lot. I know, like, my and, um, and father-in-law, before he, before he passed away, he bought, like, beans and rice and, you know, bought them in these 30 years. And I'm like, we're never going to use this stuff. You've got to get rid of it. I don't cook like this. <laughs> well, the interesting know, thing is there's actually all... two ways to look at that. Oh, sorry, what did your husband say? He goes, well, we need to do this, this, and this to prepare for it. And I'm like, no. We prepare based on what we cook and what I make, what y'all eat. You know, lentils, for instance, we don't eat it. The kids won't eat it. They will starve before they touch it. So why keep it? Why use it? That's true. Kids will starve before they – people are like, oh, they'll they'll eat if they're hungry enough. No, you've, you've never met a stubborn kid if you really think that. Uh, my brother, my, my brother would have died if he had been – forced to eat food that he wasn't going to eat. He was that stubborn. And so, no, you're right. And so a lot of it depends on your situation um, and, and, but also your goals. And so th- there are two ways to look at this. Um, for, for a lot of people, yeah, just storing beans and rice is, is not a great way to go. And especially if you've got a menu plan and you know what you eat and, um, and that doesn't change a lot, then yeah, get what you eat. Um, but there, there's another way of looking at it though, and that is a way of looking at it as food insurance. And so for me, for me and my husband, when we first got our food storage, we got our food storage in 2008. We had just gotten married. We had wedding money. And uh, rather than buying stuff, cute stuff for our apartment, we decided to buy it on food storage because of what was going on in the world. And um, it actually took us three months, even though we had all of the money, it took us three months to get everything because of the um, the limits to buying. But we we started with wheat and beans and rice. And part of that, and, and, and we didn't eat that way, but we knew that we could if we had to. So, like, it were, none of us, neither of us is allergic to wheat, right? And we have fairly, like, strong constitutions. You know, there are some people who can eat garbage it doesn't even matter right as long as they eat it like they, they don't care and then there's other people who you know if you eat, look at a dairy then they're they're going to be sick and so some of it's figuring out like like what can your body handle and so we knew that our body could handle um eating uh you know these these long-term pantry staples we also uh knew that we could have a actual pantry of things that we really eat to help transition us into some of these things but the reality was is I wasn't at a place where I could rotate food I wasn't at a place where I could cook all the time at that at that point in my life and buying the long-term staples for us was an insurance policy that we were able to put away and use later and so we actually eat a ton of rice now and rice doesn't really as long as it's been stored properly it doesn't really go bad and so that rice we can use now, um, and I knew I knew that I knew that the you know the wheat wouldn't go bad. And then you know um, a few years ago I got into sourdough. I pulled out my wheat and I started I started cooking with sourdough. And so I, there's different ways of looking at food storage, and and so you have to figure out what's going to work for you in your lifestyle. For a lot of people, it is store what you eat, eat what you store. That's really important to them. For us, because 
I get food fatigue really easily, um, which you would think that would mean that I should, you know, store what I eat, except what I eat changes all the time. And so I'll be like, I am going to make shepherd's pie, and I'm going to get a year's supply of the ingredients for shepherd's pie. And then in two months, I'm like, I hate shepherd's pie. And now I have this whole case of canned tomatoes, and then I'm like, but I, I like shepherd's pie, and so I keep it. And then the canned tomatoes go bad because canned tomatoes don't last as long as other things. And so canned tomatoes go bad, and now I still have to figure out what to eat. You know, whereas with rice, like we said, with with the staples, like in the Great Depression, if I have rice, I can add something to it, and I know I can eat, you know. And if I have wheat, I can actually make a fair amount of things because that's what I have learned to do. But at the time we bought it, I was not going to use it, but that was okay because those staples last forever. And a lot of people will throw them away. Um, they'll be like, oh, it's so old. You know, it's not good anymore. And, and a lot of times it's, it's still perfectly fine. And so a lot, of, a lot of it is, like I said, figuring out what your goals are. And for me, my goals were food insurance. Like I wanted to know that I could eat even if I didn't have the mental brand, bandwidth to rotate a pantry at that point in my life. Because a lot of people don't realize that until they end up in that situation. Mm-hmm. They don't think about yeah. it until, you know, or you get the other ones on the other end of the angle that have to prepare for the zombie apocalypse where the world is shut down and, you know, live in that constant fear of what's mm-hmm. going to happen. And yeah. there's a middle ground, you know, it's like my husband keeps telling me about how we have to order MREs. And prepare for, you know, have these meal kits. And I look at them every time and I go, fine, I will buy you a case. You're going to eat them for 28 days straight because that's the only amount of time you can eat an MRE. Then you tell me you want to stockpile them because I refuse to eat them to this day. Because <laughs> you do in the Army, you eat them a lot. <laughs> oh, yes. That's right. Anybody who's been in the Army or is like an Army family is like, please don't stockpile MREs. You will be sad. <laughs> <laughs> you will not be. Ha- you will love food again. <laughs> yeah, real food. <laughs> but you know, and just yeah. Well, and that's like imagery that we have in our head of oh, being preparedness is is beans and bullets and MREs, and it, it doesn't have to be that way. And it doesn't even have to be for the zombie apocalypse. You know, like I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, that'll never happen. And then they don't do anything. And then when something small happens, like, oh, no, right. Like at the beginning of COVID, there were so many people who were like, oh, this was such an unforeseen event. I'm like, no, that this was not unforeseen, unprecedented. Oh, that was the other word, unprecedented. I'm like, I'm sorry. A hundred years ago, we had this exact same thing that by definition makes this not unprecedented. You know, just because you didn't see it coming doesn't mean that you can't see it coming. And so we, I think we, we built up this idea of there's either zombie apocalypse or everything's perfect all the time. And there's so much in between that, you know, just a little bit of, 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 of normal, uh, you know, historically prudent preparations um, those can make a really big difference for those. And then that's why my, my motto, my slogan is when you prepare you can turn emergencies into inconveniences and inconveniences into no big deal. So if I'm in an emergency, um, but I have everything I need, then it might just be, oh, well, that's inconvenient. I can't go get the things I really want, but I have the things I need. And then if you're in an inconvenient situation, 
then it's not a big deal if you're prepared in advance. That's you know I look at it as uh, this means I have to cook today. <laughs> I can't just go in my freezer yeah. and pull out a pizza or something. <laughs> but you know, and they're like, oh, exactly. yeah, we had the Great Depression, we had World War Two, and you know, for a lot of people, I bring back because it's not that long ago, nine eleven. You know, when that happened, everything the, the borders shut down, life shut down, mm-hmm. no planes were leaving. Out, went to the grocery stores and bought everything out. Yes. Well, and, and the, fin- the funny thing is, is, is people, people, you know, laugh at those, those, you know, oh, why, why do you need toilet paper, you know, during, during COVID? That's ridiculous. Why do you need bread and milk for a hurricane? And they don't understand because, well, I don't know if they've never been through a hurricane or they don't understand how people work. But if you don't have anything in your house and you know the power is going to go out. Um, you know, if you buy milk and you've got some ice, you can have cereal. If you've got cereal, then if you have milk, you can eat, you know. And if you have bread, uh, bread goes bad. But if you have peanut butter and, and, and uh, jelly in your in your pantry, then you know you can eat. And and then same with, with toilet paper. Like if you're going to be home and you realize you're almost out of toilet paper, you, you need to go get some. And and the funny thing is, is we've outsourced so much of the storage to the store, and the stores they frankly can't handle it. I used to work for a grocery store when I was in high school. We couldn't even keep the shelves stocked for Christmas, and that happens yeah. every year. And we plan for it, and so people are like, oh yes, in an emergency, the the shelves will be out of food in a few days. I'm like, try try a few hours. Like like we're out of food in a few days just for Christmas, and so I think people just don't understand how much has been outsourced and so with 9-11 my aunt lived in New York City at that time and um, she also you know does preparedness she has a tiny Manhattan apartment but she used part of the storage for cases of water bottles and um, when the water was shut off all of her neighbors didn't have water but my aunt had water, and she was able to share. She was passing out water bottles to the whole building because she had planned ahead, um, even though her neighbors hadn't. Oh, that's it. Water. Just simple gallons of water mm-hmm. or water bottles. Mm-hmm. I mean, we think about it, you need to wash your hands, wash your toilet. You know, it's like we were looking at getting a new stove in our kitchen. We have gas in our house. And I told him, I go, you're not touching my stove. It's going to keep keeping the stove until after it dies and there's no fix in it because it doesn't mm-hmm. have that safety mechanism on it where the element mm. has to heat up. So I can manually yes. light it with the power's out. I go, I can still cook. I can't bake, but I can cook. Don't touch my yeah. stove. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. And a lot of people just don't, don't like that. Mm-hmm. And well, we had storms one day and my kids freaked out because they go, we can't eat our pizza. yeah and that comes back to figuring out like what bothers you and what's likely in your area you know if if in storms in your area is likely then what are some good shelf stable meals that don't require a freezer and that don't require um you know some people be like i will store a stove and i'm like i'm just going to store peanut butter and jelly okay i'm not cooking in an emergency and that's me but other people are like in an emergency i'm gonna fire up my grill i'm like good for you you have fun with that <laughs> and so it's all about figuring out what works for you and your situation and what's likely and what you're worried about too you know some people aren't worried about storms um i don't have to worry about hurricanes those are not in my area i do have to worry about wildfires and so i make preparations a little bit different than somebody who would in like the midwest 
Right, because I live in the middle of Tornado Alley. So, you know, we get storms all the time. But, like, now, question for you, because you do have to worry about going on in all the houses, you know. Do you you have, like, a fireproof place for them to go so that way in case something happens to your house, you still have that? So... This is something that a lot of people will talk – like, some people will denigrate food storage because they're like, oh, well, if you have a flood or a fire, then all that's gone. And I'm like, yeah, and if I fall and break my neck, it doesn't matter either. You know, I can only prepare for so many things, and my preparations will work for a lot of them, but they won't work for everything, and that is okay. You know, and so just because um, if there was a fire, my food storage would be gone, that doesn't mean that it was – worthless, you know, because I've used it during right. job loss. I've used it during times of medical bills. And so for us, the fire is more about like um, an evacuation kit. And so if we have to evacuate, that, that affects my, my, those kind of preparations plus food that we can take with us if we go. Um, but if there's a fire, there's a fire and it is what it is, you know. I, I, I have preparations in place for what I can do. And then there are things that I, I can't, you know, it's like the serenity prayer. Help me to know the things right. that I can, you know, deal with and then deal with them. And if I can't deal with them, then I'm not going to worry about it. That was not the words of the serenity prayer, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, we all say it our own way. But that's it. You have a emergency kit that you take with you. Like we have a tote yes. that mom throws everything in if the tornado hits. So, you know, because I yeah. can't use my stove if my house is gone. You know, it doesn't matter if I have food. I don't have anything to cook it with or I don't have, you know, yeah. I'm not going to spend hours digging and washing everything out. So, you know, there's that in between. Yeah, so for sure. Have, and so that you, you know, have different levels. I have different levels of, of preparations. And so we have we have the – these are the things where if we're in our home and then we have – these are the things where if we have to leave. Exactly. Now, we're almost out of time for today. What advice would you give listeners to be able to start their own? My advice would be look at what you eat and figure out if any of that can store. See if there's substitutions that you can make. If you think that you don't have any room, reprioritize. Food does need to be stored in the house. Um, Don't store it in the hot. It won't last. But um, store something in your home. And and even if it is, like if you have nothing, a couple of MREs are better than nothing. And But if you have room for a pantry, then, you know, get yourself some go. And, you know, a list is a great place to start. And there's tons of lists. Um, uh, or you can, you know, look at my, my program, pantryindependence.com. And now, now you bring that up. I remember back the old farmhouses. When you go down the stairs to the basement, you see it's not finished, and they use the 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 um, studs in the walls to store canned jars and canned food. They always yep. store down, you know. You know, we need to go. There's back usually to that. a way if you think outside of the box. There's there's a way to do it, and and you can get started researching on YouTube. There's tons of great. Uh, great. So food storage is a really good term because then you won't get like a lot of preppery stuff. You'll get more um, home study stuff and, and, and uh, you know, normal life preparedness. Well, thank you for joining us. I'd love to have you back yeah, again. Yeah, thanks for having talk me. Some more. 
This has For been sure. a lot of fun. Thank yeah, you for joining us. Thank you. We'll be back throughout the day. But for right now, have a good day, have a good afternoon, and celebrate Independence Day. Bye for now.